0: On today's episode, we are talking about a topic that does not get much coverage, and that is rest. I encourage you to listen to this whole episode, even if you're thinking, rest, what a boring topic. I would submit that this is one of the most important things that we need to really understand why it's important what it means for us as humans to do it and how we can go about implementing some of these things into our lives. Because when it boils, because when we boil it down, rest isn't just about stopping doing things. It's about allowing ourselves to realize that we are not what we do and our value is more than that. I interview today the pastor of my church, Pastor Ian Simpkins, who just brings such a fresh and amazing perspective about rest, what it is, and how we can begin doing it, and how it resets the posture of who we are and understanding our identity, especially our identity in Christ. Even if you are not a Christian, this episode still has amazing takeaways. Let's dive in. Physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. These are the four areas of attraction, or as us insiders like to call it, the pies. Join me, Kimberly Beam Holmes, as we speak with other experts around the world on how to become the most attractive that you can be. Create confidence and find happiness. We will teach you how. It starts with attraction, and it starts now. People ask me all the time, Kimberly, which area of my pies should I focus on first? And the answer to that question is the one where you need to see the most growth. That is why I have created an attraction assessment. This free assessment is designed to help you learn what areas of attraction you should be working and focusing on first This will be the foundation of your journey to becoming a more attractive person to your spouse, to your friends and family, but most of all, to yourself. Click the link in the show notes to take the free assessment today. So I am here with Ian Simpkins, who is the pastor at the church that I go to, my pastor, even though today's my first time meeting you. Hello, Ian. Hi, nice to meet you. (laughs) Nice to meet you too. Uh, And I have been just diving in the Sundays as I've been sitting and listening and and taking notes, which which I've showed to you. (laughs) But there's something that you keep bringing up that every time you bring it up, I think I have questions about that. Hmm. Like I need some more clarification and some answers into that. And that thing is rest. (laughs) And so the first question that I want to ask you is, what is rest because, because I feel like when I see things about rest and hear other people talk about rest, it's really just, a another way to say binge Netflix all day and I don't know that that's what you're getting across yeah so what is rest and why is it important for us as humans regardless of what faith background or non-faith background a person might be coming
1: from yeah I love I love that question and just to be clear at the onset uh, I think the reason I talk about this so much is because I'm so bad at it like this is not mm-hmm. I am not coming from a position of like someone who's arrived. In the conversation on rest, it's actually like truthfully one of one of my bigger struggles uh, mm. to to not just like pause, but really rest. And I think to not be legalistic about it, sometimes it might it might look like binging Netflix, but for me, rest and restoration go hand in hand for a particular reason. And I think we all know the difference between like vegging out and like doing something that's restorative. There's a, a, a rabbi named Abraham Heschel. he talks about Sabbath he says, those who work with their mind Sabbath with their hands and those who work with their hands Sabbath with their mind. And that, that was Mm -hmm. always so clarifying for me because like, I look at a screen a lot throughout my work week. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes rest for me actually looks like going on a walk, like doing something outside where I have friends, you know, if they're like, they work outside, they're like, the last thing I want to do for rest is to be outside more. I just want to, I just want to like watch a show with my family, you know? And obviously, like those things are different at different seasons based on, you know, whatever's available to you. But like rest, I think for me, and again, coming from a, a Christian worldview, one of the questions I often try to ask is what, what like stirs my affections for God and people? Like that, that is the framework that I try to ask when approaching rest. Because truthfully, for a lot of like my early adult years, rest was like, it was little more than me just collapsing at the end of a work week and praying mm-hmm. for enough strength to then burn the candle at both ends the next week. That's not rest. Mm-hmm. That's, that's barely even like recovery. It wasn't restorative. It was living at this frantic pace and then just crumbling and then just doing it all over again. I, I heard a leader recently, he said, time off won't heal you if the problem is how you spend time on. And like, that was just like, so <laughs> I that's, that, okay? that was, that was my reality. Like, Hey, you think that like carving out one day a week is going to, Restore you, but these other six days are also way out of whack. Rest isn't just about a vacation or a weekend. It's, it's. I think it's a a posture and a way of actually seeing the world and and your role in it. And that for me is is way more enigmatic, but way more beautiful than just, hey, you should Mm -hmm. walk away from your laptop every once in a while, which is also a good idea. You also should do that. But I think I just think it's way bigger than that.
0: Hmm. So I love the phrase. I want to go back to it. Make sure everyone heard it. Actually, I think you need to say it again. It was about the affection for God and others. Yeah, you said something right before it. Effect or rest is. Yeah, what
1: stirs your affections? Right, right.
0: Stirs your affections for God and others. So, as you've been wrestling with this, as you said at the beginning of the episode, how what are some ways that you have found rest to work for you?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's it's interesting because I tend to come at things sometimes from a very like cerebral starting point. Like if I can understand mm-hmm. it, if I can make a case for it, like there were a couple of things that unlocked for me, at least theologically speaking, you know, that's, that's the the posture that I, I come at a lot of these things with thinking about the creation story in Genesis, which, you know, whether you're a church mm-hmm. person or not, you're probably familiar with. And the fact mm-hmm. that humans were made on the sixth day and then their first full day wasn't a day of work and accomplishment. It was a day of rest and, and, the The notion that I had spent so much of my life resting from work when I think the invitation actually is to work from rest, that distinction mm-hmm. for me kind of changed everything. Like, I don't know that I had ever until that point worked from a place of rest. I was more like resting from work. It was the, what's the song everybody's working for the weekend. Like if I could just get to that, that's, that's for me, you know, so like before we had kids, you know, a lot of times that would be my wife and I, just shutting off our devices, and sometimes just going for a ride, or you know, just enjoying like a great meal together. It doesn't require you know a lot of planning necessarily, but it does require intentionality. And I think mm-hmm. I don't think social media is good or bad, but it's not neutral. Like it is forming us, it is shaping us. And I think our devices and our technology uh, certainly inform, at the very least, our capacity to truly rest. Because mm-hmm. I can be home and not technically working, but I'm I'm still looking at my I'm still doom scrolling, right? I'm still like answering emails yeah. in my head. Like that's, I might be like lounging on a couch physically, but like mentally my brain is still going after all these other things. And I think I do it to myself. And so like setting rhythms in place, and a lot of this mm-hmm. will sound really unremarkable. Uh, when I get home from work, I turn my phone off until my boys go to bed. That's not a huge thing, but it's like, if I can't be present with you in the hour and a half that you're awake before you go to bed. And then once a week, I shut it off for 24 hours. Like those that can feel really like lame. Like that's not a sexy answer at all, but establishing some of those rhythms and those habits, uh, those are the things that help create space and margin for rest because, Mm -hmm. and I have heard this said a couple of times that habits eat willpower for breakfast. You know, I can, Mm -hmm. I can, I can think that I can will myself to be better at resting, but you know, when push comes to shove, I'm opening that laptop and I'm doing one more thing or I'm answering one more phone call. Like mm-hmm. what are the habits and rhythms you're establishing that actually say rest is a priority. And I, I, I had a pretty life-changing conversation with a mentor early in my, in my ministry career. And he, he just simply asked uh, an open-ended question. He said, uh, does your pace of life, look like that of someone who actually wants to hear from God. And it was like, it was so convict. He, he didn't answer it for me. He's like, Hey, I'm just observing though. Um, you're, you're killing yourself, burning the candle at both ends. And I don't think you actually realize what it's like doing to your soul. And that, that for me, that was, that was like a catalytic moment. Like, all right, I gotta, I gotta figure this. I gotta figure this thing out more so than I have in the past. And that was, that was kind of the beginning point for me, I think.
0: So one of the things as I was thinking through this conversation and things I wanted to ask you it's so interesting to me so to give to give background to to some of our listeners in in the bible there the book after genesis is exodus yeah. so genesis kind of sets up this story of how uh, which I believe is all true, which is how the world came to be, how, and it kind of zooms in on God's intention and plan and how he's going to do it through a certain group of people. Yeah, And then in Exodus, it kind of starts to zoom back out <laughs> into how God's going to have this happen through, through like make it happen. And it starts with this guy named Moses. And so Moses goes in and uh, there's these people, the Israelites, which are, enslaved mm-hmm. in, and they have this Pharaoh who's like this terrible dictator. And here's what I find crazy. So rest, I wanted to ask you this question. God talks about rest in Genesis, like on the seventh day, right? Mm-hmm. Is it mentioned again in Genesis or is the next time that it's mentioned is when, is the next time it's mentioned when Pharaoh is attacking the fact that that Moses is wanting them to rest.
1: Oh, that's a great. I I don't think I could say with confidence either way. I would be I wouldn't be surprised if it showed up again, or or at the very least, following the fall, like what a lack of rest yeah. does. You know, I think that the, I, I bet yeah. you there are probably hints in some of the original language that maybe we we miss sort of in a a, a modern sure. Western English reading. But like it is interesting though that in Exodus, right? Like, and we all know the the Ten Commandments which we sometimes treat like ten suggestions, you know, like in there is a command about Sabbath and rest. You know, the word Sabbath the word Sabbath actually just means to stop. Like Shabbat means to to yeah. to cease. And and there was a, a a rabbinic phrase that sort of emerged from that that when something like more than the Israel kept the Sabbath, the Sabbath kept Israel. Like mm. their commitment to rest and to stopping is what kept them from being absorbed into a culture and a worldview that was wildly out of step with the way that God had created them. So it wasn't just about Israel, like holding these laws. They didn't just keep the Sabbath, the Sabbath like kept them. And like, what's wild about that is you have this invitation from God and we always forget like the 10 commandments. We always jump right to the commandments, but there's like a, there's a prologue to it where Mm -hmm. it's deeply relational he says, like, he says, I'm the, I'm the Lord, your God who who brought you out of Egypt. Like when we miss the intimacy piece and jump right to the commands, like, I just think that's a massive mistake. So he begins first with intimacy and then he invites them to rest as part of it. And then over the course of a couple of centuries, I think well-intending Pharisees and Sadducees, they, they build all these other rules around rest so that they, so that they're sure they don't, you know, break the rules. Right. And it feels like God's always like, I just wanted you to take a break. Like, I just wanted to, you've made this so unfun. Like, (laughs) stop, just rest, just be with your family, you know? And I think that's, that's the tendency that we can, we can veer towards legalism or like, okay, what is the most theologically accurate way to Sabbath? You're like, just Mm -hmm. stop for a day. Like that's, you know, I don't, I think there are things and rules that can be helpful, but You know, Jesus himself says, man, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Like it is, it's, you guys are freaking out about the wrong things. You know, I just think it's interesting that God has to continue to like call his people back to, I mean, Jesus himself says, are you burdened? Are you heavy laden? Like, come to me and I will give you rest. You know, like that's a, it's, it's amazing to me how rarely that part of Jesus' ministry is talked about but it's like a, it's a thread throughout that i think is it's just amazing how quickly we can turn it into <laughs> you know rules and regulations and then shame from when we don't do it you know
0: sure the the other thing though that i don't think we can miss is that when when the israelites were in egypt they had their value was in doing yeah that's what they were told right that's right. what they were Like they were enslaved to work and to work harder and to do more. And so when those 10 commandments come and God's like, rest, (laughs) that's not what they were used to. Mm -hmm. This was so Mm -hmm. counter cultural to what they had in Egypt. And it's definitely something I struggle with, which is my worth is in what I do. Mm -hmm. It's not true, but that's how it can feel. And so this thought of what do you mean like, take a vacation. Or what do you mean don't check my email while I'm gone? Right. Right? Like it's a mental thing. Yeah. So as you were saying at the beginning, uh with it's not the, you know, if if you're just working to get to the vacation or yeah. to the rest. But then you just find yourself continuing to burn out. The problem is how you're doing your day-to-day life. It's not so then is is this thought of sabbath really not just about a day
1: Hmm.
0: is it about a cadence of your daily life
1: yeah i think it's not only that i think even before it become a cadence uh there's a conviction that i think needs to like rock our worldview, and it's that i'm not actually in charge like workaholism at its core an obsession with production finding my identity and what i can achieve That's, that's what we see on the surface. But beneath that though, is like the belief that, well, if I don't answer this email, then my company is going to fall apart. Or if I am not constantly on posting on social media, then my audience Mm -hmm. will forget me or whatever that is. It's Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Isn't just like, Hey, you need this for your own, like physical, mental, spiritual health. It's like, Hey, you're not actually on the throne. And that's really good news. I, I don't know. I mean, Sabbath is such a beautiful picture of a gospel of grace because we mm-hmm. intentionally do nothing and God still loves us. Like that's so mm-hmm. counter to everything else in our lives. That's so conditional. Like this job loves you as long as you're high achieving and this friend will be there for you. As long as you know, you're mm-hmm. useful to them, or whatever it is like with Israel in particular, yeah. you know, in an instant they were set free, but it took them a lifetime to learn how to live free. Like they're, They were, Mm -hmm. their bodies were no longer in slavery, but their hearts still were. And that's so much of the story of Israel. And that's so much the story of us. Like we Mm -hmm. we may have prayed a prayer and I think have been Mm -hmm. truly justified. You know, our hearts have been surrendered to Jesus, but we will likely spend a lifetime learning how to actually live free. Now that this is actually true of me. And I think, I mean, this might sound too aggressive. I think in a culture obsessed with production and achievement, rest is warfare. Like there it's not just like, oh, there's a hippie commune over there that likes to rest and they drink smoothies and lattes. It's like, no, no. no. We we <laughs> as a as a people have become increasingly bought into the notion that you are the sum of your accomplishments. And Jesus starkly says, No, that's not true. So Sabbath isn't just about, oh, I should get better cadences or rhythms in my life. I think those are the result of it. But if it begins first with like a sincere conviction, like a Holy spirit revelation that like, I'm I'm not the sum of my accomplishments. My value is not found in what I do or don't do or what's been done to me. That's the invitation to, to rest that I think is restorative and not just supplemental, you know?
0: Mm. And that then informs yes. how you rest, right? Yes. Oh, that's so good. So one of one of the things you said a minute or a, a little bit ago was going oh, not to this doom scrolling, right? Like mm. it sometimes it can just seem so much easier to continue to fill our minds mm. with things than maybe to deal, like to think through things or deal with emotions that are there. Yes. I remember several years ago before before we brought our kids home I went to this silent monastery mm. in Kentucky mm. and for 3 days and it was the most terrifying 3 days of my life and I did, that's not what I was expecting but when there's no TV no internet and I intentionally didn't use my cell phone and all you're left with is books <laughs> and thinking mm-hmm. it is so loud
1: yeah I, I've absolutely found that to be true. I think that was a, a sincere because I'm a musician and I love I love music. I love listening to music. I love podcasts. I love audiobooks. I love if I'm on a run, I'm listening to something. If I'm on a bike ride, I'm listening to something on the car ride to and from work. I don't think any of that, again, is good or bad, but it it again mm-hmm. is not neutral. It is, it is forming us. And I think it was yeah. uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen he said, prayer begins by talking, but it ends with listening. In the face of absolute truth, silence is the soul's language. And mm-hmm. the Desert Fathers used to say something like, don't speak unless you can improve upon the silence. And I feel like we've so flipped the script in that way that everyone has a platform and wants to say something all the time, even if they don't actually have something to say. And I I had to kind of stare in the face like, why why do I run to noise and chatter so instinctually. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because I'm afraid of what I'm going to hear in the silence. That's that's mm-hmm. the other piece about rest is like you can't you can't hide from yourself anymore because you're not filling it with these activities, which aren't bad, but are often at least in my life have served as distractions. What mm-hmm. was really going on, like in my heart, in my soul, that I knew I knew was there. But I'm like, I don't. It's way easier for me just to accomplish things, and not only that. Like what I, something I think we really, we really need to talk about as as a culture is that, like alcoholics get treatment, but workaholics get applause. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. an addiction on one end, we say, "Man, you, you need to get help, find find a program, get a sponsor." But workaholics get promoted. Like we we celebrate that. So yeah. So even this whole conversation, in a lot of ways, is very countercultural and counterintuitive. And it's hard to convince a lot of people of the ROI, even if they believe all the Bible and all of what Jesus said, they're like, yeah, but this guy's hustling and he just bought a yacht. So it still looks like the world is rewarding this particular way of living versus what you're proposing. Like there's there's a lot that needs to be, I think, dismantled in that.
0: Yes, absolutely. But it also is... it's kind of an aha moment that I've even just had as you've been talking of rest can also look, not just, you know, I do a lot of the, the screen work as well. So Mm -hmm. it's not just the getting outside, doing more with, with my body, enjoying time with my family outside, but it's also, I consume a lot of information, Mm -hmm. like a lot. And what's hard for me, because it's easy for me to go outside. I love doing that. It's hard for me to turn off the noise. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to stop picking up my phone. You said it's un my response is unremarkable, but I turn off my phone when I end work and I turn it off for 24 hours a day and I'm thinking, "Nope, that's pretty remarkable. <laughs> like no one does that."
1: <laughs>
0: it's not, I mean it may not be groundbreaking, but it's hmm. it's remarkable to make it a point and to do it.
1: Yeah, I I think I appreciate you saying that. I think what I'm what I mean by that is like it didn't require like a course or like <laughs> like additional resources. Yeah. Like you, if you have right. a phone and an index finger, you can turn it off. You know what I mean? Like there's you already possess the yeah. tools to rest, to find silence. Now, obviously, like there's some caveats here because there there are probably people listening that are like, I'm a single mom and I'm working four jobs just to stay afloat. Like rest and Sabbath, yeah. that might legitimately look different. Like I do want to recognize the very yeah. fact that i can turn my phone off for 24 hours once a week is as a luxury a lot a lot of people don't have so i don't want to pretend like it's easy or it's universal or or anyone can do it i think sure. for me particularly in like pastoral ministry i had to come to terms with the fact that i can't give what i don't possess mm-hmm. and i i was trying to pour out what i didn't have with good intentions but it was like you're you're not living in this rhythm of rest you know like that passage where jesus invites us to rest in the the message paraphrase eugene peterson's paraphrase it says come learn the unforced rhythms of grace i like i love that that phrase the unforced rhythms of grace when so much of society tells us subtly and otherwise that life is about climbing a ladder and throwing an elbow to get ahead at all costs being number 1 the unforced rhythms of grace feels like an invitation that like our world is longing for but doesn't know how to get to you know? And I don't think it requires, I think the fact that you went to a monastery is amazing. Plenty of people will never have a chance to do that. Like you have yeah. the opportunity now to simply be still to quiet. And I think it's also like a, a muscle. I think it's, um, people sometimes hear stuff like this and they're like, great, I'm going to do, I'm going to go on a silence retreat in my house every weekend. You're like, that's, that's like jumping off the couch and trying to run a marathon, you know? Right. It's training. Like the first time that you sit in silence, it is terrifying. Cause you're not, yeah. you're not used to it, but I can tell you what though, you do that 10 minutes a day, every day for a year, you'll mm-hmm. be surprised that like, I I can actually focus a lot more than I I don't dread it nearly as much as I used to. I can actually turn my phone off and not have the, the phantom vibrations in my back pocket that I used to have. Right. Like that stuff literally can be that spiritual formation. And it doesn't have, you can't mic. I think spiritual formation is way more crock pot than microwave. We, we yeah. wanted to like, I want to be good at it in three minutes or less. You're like, why don't you give it a year, (laughs) give it five years. And that's why I think a lot of people bail because it just feels like that's rest feels like too much work, (laughs) you know?
0: (laughs) So what are the things that you would encourage people to do to take this and actually begin implementing periods of rest, mindsets of rest, Hmm. so that they can see the benefit that it can have in our lives.
1: Yeah. That's a great question. I'll answer it as a pastor, recognizing that there's, there's wiggle room and caveats. If like, that's not your, your cup of tea just Mm -hmm. yet. Um, One, I'm a big believer at, in how we begin and end our days matters. I think those are like trajectory shifting types of habits so one of the things that I've challenged our staff in is uh, scripture before screens. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't tell them how long there's not a minimum chapter amount just, and I think most people will probably buy into this. Like, like if, if I'm spending six hours a day on this, it's, it's forming me, it's doing something, not even just like to my soul, but to my brain chemistry, we know that neuropathways are being formed. We know that it affects neuroplasticity. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, I'm saying that as someone who's on my phone a lot, just the choice at the beginning of the day for a few minutes, scripture before screens, actual paper, by the way, helps like mm. rather than like looking at the blue light instantly, uh, which yeah. again, this will sound all so lame, but uh I have an analog alarm clock that I use because if my, phone, I love it, if my phone's my alarm, then I'm already reaching for it. It's like the first yeah. instinct of the day. I need to have that somewhere else just so that I can start. Mm-hmm. And then I end the day with something called the prayer of examine. Uh, and that's just the last thing I do at the end of the night. And it's, it's really simple, but it's just a, it's a meditative practice to say what happened today? Like reflect mm-hmm. on it. What, what brought me joy, what kind of broke my heart a little bit and like to offer it back to God. Mm-hmm. And those are like meditative things that even if you're not sure how you feel about Jesus and spirituality and all that, you can still, you can still do those things. Um yeah. And it, it just has a certain way of, like I was saying at the beginning, if time off won't heal us, if how we if the problem is how we spend time on, uh, those are some ways that I can, like, during my work week, decide, hey, the rest of the day might be crazy. Uh, I'm beginning and ending with intentionality. Um, and like I said, some of the other ones are, again, unremarkable. Turning the phone off when I get home until my boys go to bed, the 24-hour Sabbath. You know, we got little kids. So we've just tried to, like, ceremonialize it a little bit, like, make it fun. So Judge me for this if you need to, but like when we start Sabbath as a family, I I play the sound of a shofar over the speakers, and and the boys like run around in circles, and we like light a camp. Do
0: you do it at six p.m. on a Friday?
1: Well, I do it um Thursday sundown Thursday to sundown Friday, because okay. a lot of our events and stuff as a church happen on Fridays and Saturdays. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't work on Fridays and Saturdays, yeah. so. We, but we make it fun though. We call it Shabbat. Do prayers together, and uh, we. I just want. I want them to early on have the association, like rest Mm -hmm. isn't a chore. It's 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 joyful. Like we get to we get to participate as a family together, and so we do goofy things like, like I don't even. We just made this one up. We have a little sage that I'll like burn, and they'll like walk around. how you know i'm like trying to think i'm trying to think sensory you know my wife's right she's a teacher she's brilliant she's always thinking about you know learning styles and how people which ironically like seeing their excitement about it has like given me greater conviction about staying consistent with it like oh Mm. man i want to be this for you like i don't want you to have this relationship with your pastor dad that sees the church as the thing that's always taking his attention away from you Mm -hmm. and he's always on edge and he's like, I don't want to be that kind of dad and husband. Um, so incorporating them has been a lot of fun. Um, and truthfully, even like talking to you about it, like sharing with, it's like any level of accountability. If you're trying to work out in private, trying to get really ripped, you don't tell anybody you're probably going to, you're probably going to fall off. Like that's just, Mm -hmm you start including people in it and telling people there's like an accountability that comes with that. So I tell people in small groups, like, Hey, just decide as a group, like what kind of rhythms do we want to be a part of our, our regular lifestyle? Like we, we prioritize Mm -hmm. meals with friends. We talk about um, like curating media and like creating limits for how much we spend. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer that we're, we're integrated beings. So like, this might sound kind of old school, but, I try to incorporate like kneeling prayer throughout my day. Cause I think what we do with our bodies actually affects our minds and our souls too. And, and I don't always like, it's, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. we we hold that stuff loosely, but those all, I think all those things like bring me back to a place of remembering, Oh yeah, this thing isn't ultimately about me. Cause that's what rest truly is rooted in. When Jesus invites us to rest in the garden, the invitation to rest in the Exodus, the invitation to rest, when the gospel of john talks about jesus he says i'm the vine you're the branches like apart from me you can't do anything for me how does a how does a branch grow a really great grape by trying really hard no by abiding in the vine by resting in the vine the the invitation isn't to grow fruit it's to bear fruit and i think that distinction has been so important for me like how oh how do i actually all the stuff that I want to accomplish in this world and my marriage and my parenting and my ministry that starts first by abiding. The word abide just means to to dwell, to spend time with. And so much of my early adult years, I would preach about things like that. My life looked anything any like anything but abiding, you know? And uh, I think just coming back again, again, and again to that invitation has been has been super helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, when your family celebrates Sabbath, yeah, do your kids not watch TV for the day?
1: Uh, we don't, we haven't, we haven't cut out TV yet. We actually typically will do like a family movie or something. So it's not like a no screens thing. It's oh, like a, true. the rule that, that my wife and I have is no work that we're paid for. So mm-hmm. her and I are both creatives. We both have like passion projects and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not, and again, I don't think that's doctrinal. I don't think it's scriptural. I think that's just a thing we like we made up like, Hey, this feels like anyway. a threshold. Like, Hey, if it's work you're paid for, yes. that might be a problem. But if it's like, Hey, I just, I would love to paint, or I'd love to like work on some music. Uh, for some people that might be work, but for us, it's, it's, it's life-giving. So because that's of the right. age of my boys, we will do like a, a movie. It's not like a strict, no screen situation, but it's, we try to be like a no, no phone situation, but some of my creative work is on a laptop. So, you know, even that can be tricky. Like, do I want to open the laptop? Would it be better (laughs) to go for a walk and watch the sunset or, you know, we, we tend to be pretty, pretty open-handed with that.
0: But it's becoming intentional overall. It's about becoming intentional with how am I spending my time? Is it life-giving? And even more important than all of that, why? Yes. The mindset and posture I'm entering it into is because I'm working to find my worth or to have those accomplishments or my working because I have a purpose and it's what Jesus is giving me the grace to do. And it feels life-giving.
1: That's right. I just had this conversation on Monday. I I told our staff, I said, what you're doing is important, but who you're becoming is more important. And that was the only question Mm -hmm. I left them with. Ask yourself. I think it's really a question that only you and a select few people could actually answer. Who who am I actually becoming? That yeah. that I think helps counteract some of the legalism that we can fall into. Like, well, mm-hmm. you had your phone off for 23 and a half hours. So that means you didn't actually Sabbath. Like that's not actually the point. The point is yeah. who am I actually becoming? And I had a mentor who said, when you're asking that question, m- measure yourself in months and years, not like minutes and days. Cause I can be, I could have a good day today and then fly off the handle at my, my boys tomorrow. I'm like, well, I guess I'm becoming a monster. That's just the, no, I think the invitation is look over your shoulder. Like by the grace of God, are you more patient, more loving? Like, are you a less anxious presence in people's lives? Like mm. that, that to me is the, that's the, the fuel to keep, to keep going. You know, when you look at like the fruit of the spirit that in Galatians five there, it's not fruits of the spirit, by the way. A lot of people treat it like it's a plural list. Like, oh, I'm going to take a little bit of kindness, a little bit of gentleness. No, the fruit of the spirit is here's, here's the outpouring of someone who's, who's simply abiding in Jesus. And they're not commands. It's not like be more loving, be more patient, be more kind. The only command in that whole section there is walk in step with the spirit. That's the, that's it. That's the only it's bookended with that command, that invitation to walk, to walk in step with the spirit. And what I found to be true, and at least in my life is you can, you can act more loving, but you can't be more loving. The only way to be more, lo- that's a formation language. I can act more loving if like company's over or, you know, um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to muster up kindness here, but like the real life change transformation that I think people want that people long for, even if they don't articulate it like that is found first in a posture that realizes, man, when I could do nothing to earn or deserve or merit God's love and affection, he came after me. That's a posture of rest. Like my identity isn't achieved. It's received. That's a place mm-hmm. of freedom. It means I get to, I get to opt out of the rat race of, of constantly trying to be smart enough and successful enough and well-known enough and well-liked enough. like. All, all of that begins to crumble away when you realize man there's there's a, there's a creator that loves me beyond description, not for any of what I bring to the table, not because of how useful I am he 's not impressed by my degrees or my accomplishments or my social media reach any of it. like Damn. what could be more what could be a greater invitation, I think, to like true like abiding restorative rest?
0: I'm going to listen to this on replay for for as long as I need it.
1: (laughs) That's so kind.
0: But it's one of those conversations. Thank you. Because it's one of those conversations where you just feel uplifted Mm. after listening to these truths Mm. that get lost Mm. in the hustle and the grind and the day to day of just doing the same routine. One thing that you said in a sermon you said god has not called us to live a life that we don't have time for
1: yeah right
0: i love that
1: i like love hate it to be honest
0: (laughs) well it's your quote well this is
1: the this is the insanity of being a preacher because sometimes i'm even convicted by stuff as i'm saying it like right i justify burning the candle at both ends because of some sense of duty like the lord needs me to do this and then that statement's like that thanks for reminding me of that
0: one
1: <laughs> you have not you are not created for a life you don't have time for and i think the the truth that like emerged for me after that or maybe before that at least for me specifically so i won't i won't say this prescriptively to anybody else but uh i think it's true what you cannot rest from you are a slave to i, I think that's just true Whatever that thing is, and it's probably even a good thing. This is the problem, especially like in spiritual conversations, people assume like, well, I'm not robbing banks and I'm not doing heroin. So I'm like, I'm good. You're like, okay, good. That's good. You shouldn't be robbing. That's good. But whatever that is, what you cannot rest from, you're a slave to. And that might even be good things. That might be ministry. That might be social media. That might be an extra five minutes of the office every single day. Like whatever that is and only you can answer that but it i think it is actually true that's an indication of like what at least in part like owns my heart and i don't think people want to be enslaved to those things and change is possible it's not just a matter of like willing it but it is uh, again habits eat willpower for breakfast and and that's a t- that's a tough place to get to in a conversation about rest when there's not a lot of cheerleaders on the road to rest <laughs> you know there's a lot of cheerleaders on the road to workaholism and that's that can be that can be tough to overcome for sure.
0: Absolutely, and thank you so much. Oh. This was an amazing conversation. I appreciate you, man.
1: Likewise, sincerely, it was like a, such an honor to be asked, and I'm so I'm just so grateful for the the work that you're doing, and I, I feel honored to to be a part of it.
0: Absolutely, we'll put in the show notes links to the bridge. So if anyone who doesn't have a church home and wants to watch online no matter where you where you live, yep. then you can. We'll make sure to put that there. We can link to your Instagram as well and I I appreciate it. Yeah,
1: likewise. Thanks so much.
0: Honestly, I have so many takeaways from this episode because this is a topic that that I am constantly thinking about, struggling with, and wrestling with. What does rest look like? How can I rest well? And honestly, it kind of became a thing I added to my to-do list. And so this conversation, diving into it, understanding it more, helped me realize it's a posture. It's a posture of my heart, my mind, and my soul. It's not another thing to do or not to do. My biggest takeaway from this episode is to encourage and challenge you and myself to do something each day that disconnects. For me, I know that I need to disconnect from from work, from my phone. I'm actually going to take the next week and try turning off my phone at the end of each workday and turning it off every Saturday or Sunday That is something I'm going to challenge myself with and see how it goes. But the point isn't to add it to my to-do list. The point is for me to take that time to really focus and seek what is God wanting me to do with my life right now? What is God telling me? How can I sit in the silence and really understand that what I do is not where my value is. It's who I am becoming and who Christ is is leading me to be. And that's what I challenge you with as well. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember to follow It Starts With Attraction anywhere you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. The more positive reviews we get, the more positive change we can make for relationships and for individuals around the world. For show notes, updates, and the opportunity to join our email list for encouraging weekly strategies for you to become the best that you can be in all areas of your pies, go to piesuniversity.com. Again, that is piesuniversity.com. Keep working on your pies and always remember it starts with attraction.